In this episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast, we are going to talk about coming up with a songwriting plan for 2024. I need one, and I'm sure that you need one too. We're going to talk about how we can actually accomplish our songwriting and maybe recording, maybe performing, whatever different songwriting-related goals we have. We're going to talk about how we can actually make a plan that we can actually accomplish this upcoming year. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joseph Adala. Honored that you would take some time out of your busy day to talk songwriting with me. It's an honor that you would choose to talk about songwriting with me instead of all the different podcasts you could be listening to, like Rogan or someone else. But instead, you want to learn about songwriting, and that is awesome. Or in this case, you're wanting to come up with a plan so that you can have the most successful year for songwriting that you've ever had next year, which is something that I want as well. So throughout this, we're going to talk about too what my plan is partially for accountability and partially perhaps for inspiration. And you can learn from my mistakes in past years. Uh, But for the most part, we're just going to give three basic steps, three basic things that we need to do in order to actually have goals and then have accomplishable goals and then to actually have, to actually be able to accomplish those goals, which will be the third point, which is probably the most important part of this episode. Uh, It's something that a certain book that I read this last year really enlightened me to. I feel like it's something that in the back of our heads, we all kind of know, but uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. If you haven't already, be sure to grab my free guide, 20 different ways to start writing a song. Now a cheat sheet, really not a full guide because, well, it's shorter and better. It has twice as many ways, uh, doesn't have as many unnecessary words as it had before. So it's a shorter guide, but it gives you 20 different ways to start writing a song instead of 10. This is a great way to jumpstart your songwriting going into 2024, whether you're new to songwriting or whether you're a seasoned vet, there's something in here for you. Songwritertheory.com slash free guide, as always. So the first thing that we all need to establish sounds simple, but I think it's important to think about because you'd be surprised how many people you talk to don't have a good answer for this. And it's basically what would make you thrilled a year from now, like a year from today, whenever you're listening to this, what sort of things, if you had done them, would make you thrilled? a year from now, right? If I told you that a year from now, you released a full-length album of a lot of the songs you've been working on over the past couple years, how thrilled would you be at that idea? How thrilled would you be if I said that by the end of the year, you will have fully written 25 songs? How thrilled would that make you? Or what about maybe that you performed at 20 different open mic nights, right? You performed roughly every other week for the year. How thrilled would that make you? So be thinking about what do you want your goal to be? What do you you want? What looks like success to you a year from now? Now, obviously, we want to keep it realistic because 
as that phrase says, some version of basically most people overestimate what they can do in a year and way underestimate what they can accomplish in five years. I think that's largely true. We tend to bite off more than we can chew in a single year, but in five years, it's truly incredible what somebody can achieve with diligent work. So we do want to be realistic, but we're not actually getting tangible about our goal yet. That's not this step. This step is just dreaming a little, thinking about what what really do I want? Because you want to make sure this is your goal. It's not what others want you to do or what they say you should do, right? If somebody says, oh, well, you should act. No, what do you want to do? What does success look like for you? Do you care about how many songs you write? Do you care about the quality of songs that you write? Hopefully both to a degree. But, you know, what was the thing you think you need to concentrate on more going into next year? Do you want to concentrate on performing? Do you just like the idea of going to open mic nights and just performing your songs and that's what brings you joy, what brings you a feeling of accomplishment? Is that the main thing? Or are you more motivated by the idea of just performing it once for a YouTube video, putting it up on the internet and being like, there's my song. Awesome. Cool. Done. Or do you want to have a more produced version of the song that you feel like you have the definitive version of your song, which is really what recording gets us, right? Recording affords us a way to basically say, okay, this is the ideal performance of this song. This is the definitive version of this song. You can think of it like the ultimate final draft of a book. That's what actually gets published, right? That's what people actually read. And in the same way, a recorded song is you saying this, this is the definitive version of the song. I might release an acoustic version. I might go to an open mic and just do a version where it's me at the piano. You might have a band and you might, you know, go perform it where you have two electric guitars, a bass and drums, and maybe you as a vocalist. But in the studio, we'll say air quotes studio because probably we're recording at home, but when we record our songs in a more professional, you know, with a DAW, actually get being serious about recording our songs, not just throw up a YouTube camera, you know, do it live once and call it a day. The beauty is we get to, over time, create that ideal quote-unquote performance because, of course, it's not just a performance. It's a bunch of different performances spliced together to create the definitive one. But... You know, be thinking about what it is you most want to do. Because if, if you asked me, would I rather perform a bunch of times this year or release, rec you know, recordings of songs, I'm going to lean recordings because they last, you know, performance is a moment. And those moments can be magical and awesome, but it's a moment, Right. I really enjoy the process of recording songs and making that sort of definitive version. And that's also something that, you know, maybe a hundred years from now, your great grandkids can listen and be like, oh, so that's what great granddad or, or great grandma was like, or, you know, insight into their heart, almost like reading their diary, but in the form of a song, because it's there forever, right? But you need to determine for you, what, what, what is the thing that you really want to do? Because if you don't care about recording your songs, then don't, right? I, I'm huge on, I, I think we all should be recording our songs. I think we owe it to our children and grandchildren and other people who love us 
I think we owe it to ourselves uh, to, to, you know, make a song in a way that it can live beyond our own life. Uh, which you get when you record a song. If you just go perform it live, that doesn't happen unless somebody else memorized it. But then it would be illegal for them to just take. So it's a whole thing, right? So so making a recording, big deal to me. But if you really don't care about that at all, then it shouldn't be your goal, right? Don't make that like, oh, I should record because Joseph told me to. No. What is important to you? Not what some musician friend of yours tells you, oh, you need to do X. No. What do you want to do? You have to start with that because too many people, I think, are swayed by, well, I heard so-and-so say I should do X or I should want to do Y. Throw all that out and really get honest with yourself about what a year from now would make you feel joy and fulfillment if you accomplished over the next year. That's the thing you should work for. That's what we should create for our step two which is creating tangible goals. So lots of people talk about SMART goals. I have a conflicted opinion on SMART goals. I think they're overused and in some way is a little bit idealism. And sometimes we just make up timetables and I think they're fine, right? But if you don't know, SMART goals are specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. I think most of those values are good, right? Specific meaning... You know, saying, oh, I want to write more songs next year. That's not specific. Get specific. I want to write 20 songs next year. I want to finish 20 songs next year, right? Or I want to release demo recording versions of five songs next year. Or I want to release a 10-plus song album by the end of the year. That would be, those are examples of, well, actually it has, some of those have several of the elements, but that's specific, right? And also measurable. Measurable is something like, you know, I want to finish writing five songs by July 2nd, 2024. That is something that's measurable. You either did or you didn't. There's no question of like, oh, did I really accomplish the goal? No, you did or you didn't. There's no opinion on that or, or releasing an EP or an album. Again, that's not an opinion thing. You either did or didn't release it, so you either accomplished it or you didn't. That's a good thing to have. When you say stuff like, oh, I want to write more songs or I want to be better at songwriting next year, those aren't measurable things. So you can't honestly evaluate a year from now, did I accomplish that goal? I mean, we can make educated guesses, but really it's not something that you can check a box. You want a goal that you can sort of check a box, say I did that thing. And achievable, right, just means it's actually doable. If you say, you know, next year you want to be bigger than Taylor Swift, like, well, I don't care who you are. Good luck, right? Even if that's the goal of some other rising star, it's probably not going to happen. So, you know, don't be afraid to reach a little higher than you think you can actually swing, uh, which is a weird mixed analogy. But basically, don't don't be afraid to swing for the fences a bit, but also keep it somewhat achievable and realistic. Uh, relevant, which really just means, you know, something that is relevant, you care about. That's sort of, that's sort of what whole, the whole part of idea one is, right? Make sure this is a goal you actually care about. It's actually relevant to what you want, what you care about, what will bring you joy and fulfillment. And then time bound. Anytime you have a yearly goal, it, almost by definition, it is time bound. But that's, again, the idea of I want to release an EP by July 6th. 
or something like that. It's time bound. You have a specific date that you need to complete it by. So I don't think your goals necessarily need to have all of those elements, although I think most are good. Ideally, probably all. But make sure that whatever your goal is, which should be downstream, by the way, of what would make you thrilled a year from now. This goal should be downstream of that. You shouldn't have, oh, well, I would be thrilled if I just got to perform three of my songs live 10 times next year. That's, that's, that's what would make me thrilled. But my goal has nothing to do with that. My goal is actually, you know, releasing an EP. But you don't actually, that's not really what makes you wake up in the morning. That's not really what you care about. You want to make sure these things go together. If the thing that would make you like, yes, this year was awesome, is releasing a five-song EP, then that should also be what your goal is. So once we have this goal, that's, that's good and all. This is where, in previous years, I certainly have fallen short. I think where most people fall short is they have a goal, a smart goal even, right? But the problem is it's still just sort of a goal. It, it doesn't, it doesn't, it just exists. We can all make all kinds of goals, right? I could make it a goal that, you know, Songwriter Theory has X amount of downloads as a podcast next year or that have X amount of people on the email list or X amount of people that are subscribed on YouTube or X number of you. You know, we can set all these sort of arbitrary goals. But my goal doesn't make it happen, right? So if, if I say I want to be the number one songwriting podcast next year by downloads or something, which I don't even know. For all I know, it, it, I don't think it is. But for all, for all I know, it is. Um, that's, that's how little I pay attention to, the, to that element of it, which is probably stupid. As I say it, I realize it's really dumb. Uh, and I have seen rankings for music podcasts, but that's that's very different. Uh, anyway, I can make that goal all I want, but if then I proceed to not record any podcast for the year, that goal's not going to happen, right? So we need to figure out how do we actually make it so that we are consistently, relentlessly marching towards achieving the goal, which is where idea three comes from, which is creating supplementary habits. And I think I did, I might be wrong about this. If I am wrong, I should go back and do it. But I read the book Atomic Habits this past year. It's possible that it was actually two years ago. I'm pretty sure it was this year. I hope it was this year. Goodness, time goes fast. And I highly recommend the book. I'll start with that. Atomic Habits, highly recommend. It's in my like top five most recommended nonfiction books. Very, very good. Will help you with all sorts of things in life, not just songwriting. But one of the points in the book is essentially that habits are about as close as humans can get to true automation as, as can be. So if you think about automation, right, for most people, I think the quote-unquote automation that we maybe have most familiarity with is probably something like you can automate that you know, $500 is taken out of your checking account every month and put into your savings account. Or you, know, you automate the fact that 
uh, your part of your paycheck automatically goes into your 401k at work or something. That's automation, right? Basically, it makes it so that you doing no work outside of the little work up front to set it up, you're automatically saving that amount of money every month. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to remember it. You're not relying on your discipline to like actually save $500 a month. You are saying, I'm going to let the machine take care of it. And I'm going to make the, let the process take care of it so that even if I do nothing at all, I still will automatically have $500 a month saved or, you know, 200 bucks into my 401k every month, whatever it is. That's usually sort of our familiarity with automation. As a software developer, obviously, I'm <laughs> automation is something that I think about way more than probably your average person. Uh, but I think most of us, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think most of us at least are familiar with the idea of automation. It's, it's the idea that, you know, maybe in a, a, a subway or an amusement park ride or something, something that it doesn't require somebody to run it. It just automatically does, does it itself. You can set it and forget it, and it just happens. As humans, we can't do that, right? There's no way for us to say automate losing weight or getting in better shape this year or getting in better cardio health or automate songwriting, right? We, we, we can't do that. But habits are about as close as we can get, right? Because habits make it so that it's the, the, the new standard. I can't automate getting in better shape next year, but I can get in the habit and different habits that supplement that, right? If I get in the habit of using a smaller plate for every meal, and I also get into the habit of, you know, walking one mile a day, or I also get in the habit of, you know, working out six times a week instead of four times a week or something. All of those habits adding up will help me towards the goal of something like, you know, I don't know, lose 15 pounds or something. In a similar way, we need to create habits that are going to supplement our goal. Because Again, as humans, the closest we can get to automating our own behavior is creating habits. The people we know who are in the best shape are the people who don't think about it, right? People who are thinking about going to the gym and trying out the latest fad diet, those are never the people that we know that are in great shape. The people we know that are in great shape, uh, I have a friend, Billy. I've never mentioned him on the podcast, so two, like 250 episodes in, I'll mention him, but Billy is in fantastic shape has been every, every moment I've, I've known him. And he never thinks about food or thinks about exercise or, or oh, I'm going to try this diet or that. He never talks about that stuff. Why? Because to him, it's just automatic. It's based on habit. It's automated, essentially. Because he's just in the habit of exercising a lot. I think he bikes almost every morning. So that's just a habit. He's in the habit of he doesn't just eat all the time, right? He And he's controlled about his eat. It's just so ingrained in who he is that he'd actually have to try to gain weight when most people aren't that way. So how can we apply that same idea to our songwriting since habits are the closest we have to self-automation? So the first thing we need to look at is, okay, what is our goal and how can we break that goal into habits that inevitably lead us to that goal. For instance, if your goal is to write 20 songs, the habit that supplements that is songwriting daily. 
or maybe three times a week or four times a week. But getting in the habit of songwriting is what will directly connect to accomplishing the goal of writing 20 songs. You can have the goal of writing 20 songs all you want, and so can I, if we're not in the habit of songwriting and then we accidentally go three weeks, four weeks, two months without writing music because we're just not in the habit and it's just, I don't know, life gets busy. That's, that's how we don't accomplish the goal and feel like crap a year from now. That's how it happens, right? But if we're in the habit of every day, we write for 30 minutes every day or four days a week, we make the time to songwrite for 30 minutes. That's the sort of stuff that adds up. And we may, may be surprised with how much we can accomplish at the end of the year. And honestly, even if it doesn't get you all the way to your goal, because maybe your goal was too lofty, or you know, maybe life things come up in the year and you know, your, your habit is good for three months and then you kind of get off the, 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 the wagon a little bit, then you get back on the wagon. If at the end of the year you've written 13 and you'd never written more than three songs in a year before, that's a great year, right? You'll be very pleased with that. And the habit will guarantee that you are at least working towards that 20. You might not hit the 20, but you certainly won't get, get zero or three the way you have in previous years because we're creating habits that actually work towards those goals. Or uh, we'll look at myself here. Uh, and this is a part of what inspired this podcast, actually. So you want to release your EP finally. The habit that supplements that is recording daily or recording three times a week, making the time nightly to just even if it's recording one track for your song. <laughs> that's one track for your song, right? If you rec record one track for your song every day, probably within a month, that's, that's 30 tracks. That's probably your whole song's worth, give or take. And, uh, you know, who wouldn't be happy with finishing recording 12 songs in a year? That's better than all of our favorite artists who absolutely do not release one album a year. I'll be, like almost no artist does that. And if they do, they're probably more like 10 songs. So what about performing? I want to perform 20 times this year. The habits that might supplement that is something like being in the habit of practicing every day because you need to practice if you're going to go perform live. So being in the, in the practice, getting in the habit of practicing every day is going to go a long way towards that goal, because then you'll be practiced and ready to perform whenever the opportunity arises. So somebody says, Hey, Joseph, there's an open mic tomorrow. You don't, you don't have the like, Oh, well, I, I'm just not practiced up. And then you miss it. And every time somebody brings it up or you see that there's going to be an open mic next Thursday, you're like, oh, I just, I can't, I can't be ready in time. Well, if you are in the habit of practicing, you will always be at the ready, even to the point that if you went to a show with your favorite artist and you happen to meet them beforehand and you said, hey, I'm a songwriter too, and maybe they're really nice or they're a small artist or something, they're like, oh, you want to do one song before the show? And you're like, oh, you're going to let me do one song in front of the you'll be ready, right? And, you know, maybe that's a dream scenario. Maybe that's not necessarily realistic, depending on what type of artist you like, right? If you're into U2, that's probably not going to happen. Uh, but but if you're into an artist that, you know, plays, can barely fill a house of blues, you know, 
which there's nothing wrong with, by the way. Almost all my favorite artists are like in that realm. But, uh, you know, you never know. But practicing and then also being in the habit of looking for open mics or opportunities to perform is what's going to get you towards accomplishing that goal. So think about the combination of habits that have you constantly moving towards your goals. I think this is the part that in years past I've I've been good about for some things in life, but songwriting just there some specifically I'd say famously, famously among those of you who have been listening for a while. My bugaboo has never really been finishing writing. That's not really my thing. For me, it's the recording of vocals. It's not even recording songs. I have so many songs that are basically done recorded or really close or I could consider done recorded if I really wanted to and I wasn't a perfectionist that are just vocals away. Like if I really, really was disciplined about like, no, man, it's, it doesn't need to be perfect probably, probably there's like 20 to 25 songs that I could record vocals and then they'd be done. Now I'm a little bit too much of a perfectionist to allow that to happen for some of the songs where I want to just get them just right. But for me, recording vocals has been the big bugaboo. I, I feel like I've used that word twice now and I, uh, I, I don't usually use that word. I feel weird about it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I feel weird about it. I don't like it. <laughs> I should stop using it. So Something that I've done in the past couple months, and I think I've mentioned this, so I won't get too deep in, into details, but I've just gotten more into that. It is a thing that every night from 11 to midnight is my quote unquote creative time. Now I call it creative time because maybe someday in the future it will be time for any sort of creation thing. For now, it's just songwriting. And I call it that. Maybe I should call it music time, but basically sometimes it's songwriting and sometimes it's recording. For me specifically, going into next year, my goal is three times a week having a songwriting session, one time a week having a song sprint, which we'll talk about a little bit more in a second, and three times a week recording. That's, that's, those are the numbers that I want to hit because three times a week recording for an hour, you can get so much more done than you think. And already I've made way more progress in the last three months towards actually finishing the EP I've talked about forever, simply because I'm now in the habit of if my wife leaves the house, even if it's just an hour, I'll get into the vocal booth and get some stuff done. That has helped massively instead of Constantly making excuses like, oh, I need to be perfectly warmed up and I need a whole like seven hours by myself to like get in the zone. No, just go get some stuff done. You know, maybe for lead vocals, you need that. But, you know, there's a lot of background vocals that you can do to sort of fill in the gaps in the meantime. You know, certain vocal parts require you to be more vocally warmed up than others. You know, maybe some high parts you do really need to be on vocally that day. But for a lot of, you know, you're just main vocal range, what you're singing in your verses. Most days, you can perform that easily. As long as you're generally warmed up, you're fine. 
So you'd be surprised how much you can get done just on any day when you have half an hour here, an hour here, three hours there. So getting in the habit of actually utilizing that time, even if it's something like what I just mentioned, which is at least on weeknights, uh, especially Monday through Thursday, having that at 11 o'clock, I'm done with songwriter theory stuff. I'm done with whatever else I might be working on. That is explicitly my time for music creation. In an hour a day, man, it's you'd be surprised how much you can get done, especially in the recording area and certainly in the songwriting as well. Now, just quickly on the difference between a song sprint and a songwriting session, I've talked about this elsewhere as well. I don't remember if it's come up on the podcast. I'll just do a short version in case you're new here. But basically, a song sprint is an exercise that results in a, a finished song draft, or at least close, hopefully, after a, a certain amount of time, usually like an hour. Basically, instead of your average song, if you write it in an hour, is going to be a terrible song at least lyrically. It's, the lyrics are almost certainly going to need a lot of rework in editing. The music might be fine. But the goal of a song sprint is you give yourself like an hour and you say, I'm going to finish a song front to back in an hour. So yeah, there's going to be areas where maybe I simplify. I'm going to not overthink it. And it just forces you to get out of your own head and work on quantity, right? Writing fast, which leads to quantity rather than quality. And for people like me who lean more towards crafting and I want to get every word just right, I lean very much towards emphasizing quality when, when I write than, than I do with quantity, right? Some people, they're like, oh, I write a song a day. Those are probably people that need to concentrate on quality rather than quantity. I'm sort of the opposite of that. So for me, something I knew I, needed, I wanted to work on and needed to work on was pushing myself more in the quantity department. So the once a week song sprint, I thought was a good, you know, that's a good amount. If I did it more than that, it would start to interfere with my time for the real heart of songwriting that I want to do and also would get in the way of the recording. So overall, three times a week songwriting, one time a week song sprint, and three times a week recording. Obviously, I'd like to even top this. And if you're wondering, wait a second, Joseph, that adds up to seven days. How would you top that? You're not limited to, you know, one of these per day, right? So especially on Saturday, my tentative plan is most Saturdays from like eight or seven o'clock on, that will be just music time, which is more than enough time to get a song sprint in and a songwriting session or two and have, you know, recording in between. So that's a day that maybe I can accomplish all three. Sundays when football season is over, I'll have, I'll have more time for that as well. Or when I just get so angry that my Broncos missed the playoffs after they gave me hope. Uh, and then, yeah, I was just, just kidding. I'll watch all the playoffs anyway. I just hope the Chiefs don't win this. Anybody but the Chiefs. Anyway, so... <laughs> Think about the supplementary habits that are going to ha have you perpetually pointed in the direction of accomplishing your goals. Even if you don't hit your goals, you'll at least get close or you'll at least get closer than you otherwise would be. I think this is the most important thing to do. And then, by the way, you can get a bunch of different habit trackers. I have a free Android habit tracker thing where I can just check a box and it tracks and even gives me scores of how well I'm doing with habits over time. It's something I've been using for the past year, probably. It's been super great. 
uh, now that I'm using it for songwriting as well, it's also been its early returns have been awesome. Um, I don't think the specific app matters. I think it's just called Habit Tracker or something on Android if you care. But basically, just go find some free Habit Tracker app. Use an Excel sheet. Doesn't really matter. You can use a calendar that you have in your home or a whiteboard calendar. Doesn't matter. But try to track your habits and then just get into the habit. We want to be with songwriting. And for me specifically, I'll call myself out when it comes to recording music and finishing the recording of a song. I want to be somebody where it just come becomes automatic for me because it's just something I'm in the habit of always working towards it. So it just happens in the same way that we all, you know, have that friend or somebody we know where they're just always in perfect shape and they never have to think about it. Every time we see them, they're eating a brownie or whatever, and yet they're in great shape. Well, it's because most of the time they just automatically don't eat brownies and we see them at a party and they can have a brownie because they're so good about only having healthy food in the house and they work out five days a week and they you know, they're working out even on Christmas Eve. And we want to be that for songwriting. Or hopefully we want to be that. I hope you want to be that. Otherwise, this podcast was probably a waste of your time. In which case, I'd say I'm sorry, but you saw, you saw, the, you saw the title. This is on you. So, so the three steps to go through. One, what would make you thrilled a year from now? Make sure you get clear on what that is. Then from there, create your goal, your smart goal, your tangible goal, your objective goal based on what would make you thrilled a year from now. Not based on what you think I think you should do or what your friend thinks you should do or what your mom thinks you should do or what your spouse thinks you should do. None of that. What will make you feel fulfilled a year from now? Create a goal off of that. And then figure out what are the habits, the daily habits, the X times per week habits that I can get into, that I can have, that will inevitably lead me at least towards accomplishing that goal. Even if I don't finish, if, you know, if you get 80% of the way, it's probably a pretty good year, right? It's probably a pretty good year. So hopefully this was helpful to you. Again. If it was something else to likely find helpful, my free guide, 20 different ways to start writing a song, help kickstart you into 2024 with whatever your songwriting goals are at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. I believe this is going to be the last episode before the new year. So I will see you in 2024. I think this does come out after Christmas, but uh, I will see you in the next year. Have a good New Year's Eve, New Year's. And I will talk to you about songwriting for yet another year in 2024. Looking forward to it. I hope that you and I both have our best songwriting year yet. <laughs>